Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace podcast. Uh, Kane and Nelly here this week. Uh, Shane is is out on a baby moon, um, so he's uh, with his wife. The you know before things kind of get too far along they're gonna go and enjoy themselves i think they were hitting like south carolina and like virginia and a few other things kind of uh on the east coast there so um hopefully everything's going well for them uh you have nelly and i this week uh shane and i did a game of this or that of debbie this or that last week uh this week we're gonna play a game of dynasty this or that so two guys that are really really close to each other in in uh whether in value or rankings, things like that. And and we're going to have that conversation of who would we rather have on our dynasty team in a bubble, right? Value-wise, who would we rather have? So we're going to go through a few different circumstances. We're going to try and keep things uh, as young as possible. Um, we might throw in some Debbie names um, maybe later at the end. So um, keep those in mind. And then we're going to do our buys and sells as always. Uh, Shane's not here to teach us anything. Um so I don't know, find your favorite story or something, Google random history things that uh, you should know and learn something since Shane isn't here to teach us. Um, let's dive in, Nelly. I have a good one for you right off the rip. I'm curious to see uh, uh, where you're at here. Uh, so it's a 24-year-old wide receiver in C.D. Lamb and... Uh, the running back one of Bijan Robinson. That one's pretty easy for me. Give me Bijan. I, I value what a running back brings to the table a little bit more. CD, while he improved last year, still isn't. I don't think he's near the tier of Chase and uh, and Jefferson as a true alpha. So give me Bijan. Sure. No, I I think I I think I still want Bijan. I didn't know he's going higher in start of us, but like CD isn't that far behind. CD's maybe what half around to a round behind in in uh adp would be my guess i know in the most recent startup i did i think Bijan went 112 or 201 and uh cd lamb i think ended up going at like 212 or 211 something like that so um uh yeah i think that's close i think Bijan just wins by just a hair um but i don't i don't think it's terribly far away here um Here's another one for you that I think is a bit interesting. Um, I'm just going to go running back to running back. You have a 22-year-old running back in Brees Hall or a 24-year-old running back in Jonathan Taylor. Um, Jeez. Sounds close. Give me Brees Hall. I'll, I'll take the kind of unknown with the injury risk, and I will bet in what I think is 
uh, more perceived upside because he's a significantly better pass catcher. I mean, we know who Jonathan Taylor is. It's kind of hard to say anyone but Jonathan Taylor, but he's just he doesn't have that massive ceiling because he doesn't catch enough passes, and that's not. I mean, the chances are that goes down with Anthony Richardson, not up. Yeah, and remember, this is the last year of the deal with uh, Jonathan Taylor over in Indy. So um, who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, hopefully things continue to uh, go up. But, um, you know, I think it's Brees Hall for me. Give me two more years. I think you're going to get relatively similar production, but uh, I think I think we're pretty safe there on Brees Hall. I think there's a world where Brees Hall is the running back one at the end of the year. I don't think there's a, like in terms of dynasty rankings, I don't think there's a world where Jonathan Taylor ever ascends to the running back one again. Yeah. I think that's interesting because if you look at the running backs right behind Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, you have guys like Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. I think Jonathan Taylor probably stays over there for a little, little bit longer, but you have, you know, potential younger guys and Jameer Gibbs and Travis Etienne. Uh, Etienne's the same age as Jonathan Taylor, actually. But um, whether it's, you know, Kenneth Walker, Javante Williams, Jameer Gibbs, potentially they could take a jump over Jonathan Taylor. Or is it more the thought that like Jonathan Taylor moves down? I don't think he moves. I, I don't think he moves down either. Like, I think he's pretty safe. He's a, an extremely talented player, and he's 24. It's just he doesn't have that ceiling, right? Like, the reason why CMC ascended to where he got to, the reason why even Saquon ascended to where he got to is because these guys add a lot in the passing game. Brees Hall can do that. Bijan can do that. Jonathan Taylor can't really do that. He hasn't ever really proved to us that he can, and it's kind of at the point where – we we really shouldn't expect that to change. Sure. Here's here's a good one just for you, Nelly. Two players you like. Uh, so you have uh, uh, running back in Saquon Barkley, 26 years old. Um, or you got uh, T. Higgins, wide receiver at Cincinnati. Uh, I think give me Saquon. I, I'm pretty biased towards running backs. I, I think at the top, those guys are super tantalizing to me. Um, I just think they can transform your team in a way a wide receiver can't. I have kind of soured on T a bit. I think he is what he is, and that's a really talented wide receiver. Um, but again, I don't think he's someone who can ascend a ton, right? Like, I think there's a lot of room for temporary ceiling if Chase goes down. But um, while I truly believe in the talent and I think it would be perfect if two, three years down the line, he ended up on a different team. um, I think for the immediate future, he is a little capped. This one's pretty close for me. Um, A, I don't like old running backs and B, I don't like T Higgins. Uh, So, a bit of a pain for me personally. Um, I think I lean T Higgins because I think, you know, over the course of the next few years, you probably get, you probably have a better return over T Higgins over the next, you know, two, three years than you probably do Saquon Barkley, um, you know, after two years. So I probably remain T Higgins though um, at his current value. I think that's truly and utterly outrageous. 
Yeah, I like Saquon. I'm I'm a buyer of him in general. I think that a lot of his value drop has been due to injury concern perceptions, and that doesn't really concern me with him. And he's super talented if he's healthy. But is the assumption that he's going to retire on your team? You said he's 26, right? Like in two years, he's 28 and he's in this. I mean, he's he's old and he's still viewed as old, but he's still is potentially serviceable. You are terrific at, at numbers, my bud. 26 plus <laughs> 22 two. plus two. <laughs> I've trained my yeah. whole life to do that. Yeah, you got her. Um, no, but I, I think, you know, you get to that age where like, you know, I think after this year, the value or the, the points of Saquon Barkley outweigh his value. I think after this year and moving on, right, when he gets on that second deal, I think the value of Saquon is lower than like the points in which he gives you on your fantasy team. So either you have to, and this happens to most running backs, right? Where like, you know, can you actually get a true dynasty first for, you know, a, a Derrick Henry or a Nick Chubb? It's tough too, uh, but they're still going to give you a lot of fantasy points and, it, but their value has been the same over the past two years, right? Their value has been relatively consistent. Um, so I think that's the only thing I worry about with Saquon that, you know, he, you have to be okay with not getting a first for him if you're going to hold him until he's 28 plus. Yeah, I, it's it's weird because you have to do stuff with respect to the market. So you have to respect the market, but the market has hit this point where uh, like a 28 year, 28 year running back is kind of like, that's when they start to get old. And so now we look at a 26 year old running back and the market is like, well, in two years he's old. And now all of a sudden a 26 year old running back is old. It's like kind of been over, over exaggerated in terms of the importance and it matters. Right. But like the value is kind of over, uh, overreacting on on the market level, so like you might be right. Like he probably his value will probably drop, probably relatively steadily, but also not super drastically. Um, and his points will continue to uh, kind of outweigh his value. But those are the type of guys I like to buy anyway. So if he's gonna do that on my roster and retire on my roster, then I'm okay with that. Uh, so here's a really interesting one for you. So we're going to do one 30-year-old wide receiver and one 21-year-old receiver, both relatively similar values. So that's Cooper Cup, the wide receiver for the Rams, and Drake London, the wide receiver for Atlanta. Where are you at on those guys? Oh, that is really hard. Um, It's probably London. I think there's a lot up in the air with Cup in LA and what's going on there. I don't know how long Stafford sticks around. I don't know how long McVay sticks around. I don't know if Cooper cup can do what Cooper cup has done without those two. Right. He is as far as these elite scoring wide receivers go, he is seemingly more system slash situation dependent than, than other guys. Um, Drake London is just very good. You know, I, I don't know if he's going to, blow up the fantasy stat sheet this year. He's playing with Desmond Ritter, who's 
probably like a bottom five quarterback in the league in terms of who you want for your wide receivers. But the talent's there. I think at this point, what is he, 21 years old? Like, it's hard not to project uh, at least average quarterback play for him at some point in his career. And that's all you really need for him to hit kind of elite status. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting one, right? Because you have Cooper Cup, uh, you know, the fact that he's coming in at the same value of Drake London, it's with the assumption in which he goes back to form and scores fantasy points this coming year, right? Um, if he falters in in scoring fantasy points early on in the season, his value drops like a tank. Uh, Drake London, if he struggles early on in the season, I think his value falls a little bit, but I don't think it falls that much. I think you have a much safer value in Drake London um, than you do with Cooper Cup. And I think at the end of the season, or even, yeah, let's say end of the season, who do you have a better chance to get a first-round pick for? Either Cooper Cup or Drake London. I assume it's Drake London than dealing with 31-year-old Cooper Cup, um, which a more than likely retired Matthew Stafford. I think that's when things, like the, the future gets even more difficult. So like, if if in any universe where you're not absolutely going to be a top two point scorer in your league this season, like Cooper Cup is out of the cards for you, a pretty easily. Yeah, this is one of those situations, though. I think it kind of gets overused in trade talks, but I think this is pretty team dependent, right? Like you can make this this choice either way, depending on what direction you think your team is heading in this year. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Um, Cooper Cup is going to score more fantasy points than Drake London probably this season. Right? Uh, So if you're not truly going for the absolute win, Cooper Cup is not your guy, at least in my eyes here. Um, I have another interesting one for you, and I don't know if this is necessarily team-dependent, excuse me, team-dependent, but I'm curious on your take here. Devontae Adams, the wide receiver for the uh, the Raiders, or Javante Williams for Denver, the running back. Oh, I'll take I'll take any non Javante Williams choice. Uh, I don't have much faith in him, and I think he was overvalued before he got hurt. I'll take Devontae Adams. That I mean, he's a proven stud, right? Like I think he's one of those guys that gets the benefit of the doubt. Um, he's going to be good until, and I'm going to expect him to be good until he shows me that he's not anymore. And um, who knows? That could be three, four years. Maybe it's just one year. But um, I don't know if you're ever going to get elite point scoring out of Javante Williams. In fact, I would be surprised if you did. So if that's even all you get out of Devontae Adams, I'll take that. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously – I am a little potentially hesitant with Jimmy G going there over Derek Carr, though I believe they're pretty similar quarterbacks. Um, just potentially offense could change a little. Um, realistically, after this year with Javante Williams, you only have one more year with him on Denver, and then that first contract is over. Um, so if you're going to tell me, you know, realistically I have two more years with Devontae Adams or two years with Javante Williams, I think I'd take the two years with Devontae Adams and probably score more fantasy points fantasy football points and have a better chance to win my league um, with with the realization, right, that Devontae Adams probably 
is going to retire on my fantasy football team. I think that's fair. Like, if you're going to want to continue to score points with him, he's going to be there forever. And I don't think that's a terrible situation, right? Like, if, if a guy is going to continue to score points for you, then why would you, and he's going to be cheaper than what the market says he should be based on those points, then keep him. I mean, that's a good thing, right? Like, you're getting cheap points. This is the Keenan Allen argument that we've had for four years, right? There's no way that Keenan Allen can continue to put up the amount of points that he's putting up, and he can't stay healthy. And uh, and then, you know, yeah, he's still been injured, but when he's been playing, it's like, oh, he's still scoring more points. He's still going to be slotted into my lineup. Like, what else am I supposed to do? Well, and that's the thing. You said we've been doing it for four years. We start having these conversations too early, right? Like, because there is a yeah. conceivable chance that it could happen early, but like, it's probably not going to. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I have uh, two more that I really want to get to. One, because I know you love this quarterback, and I love kind of posing that uh, quarterback versus non quarterback and super flex. Um, I know you love Daniel Jones. Um, with relative to his cost. What if you're going Daniel Jones against uh, what seems to be everyone's favorite running back ever, Tony Pollard? Ooh. I think I'll go Jones. I think Daniel Jones is undervalued. I mean, I think he's the first guy that I want outside the top tier of guys and the, and the rookies. Like, I think he's, he checks all the boxes, right? Like, he's... Um, he's a, a mobile guy, uh, which provides values on the ground. He's still pretty young. He now has a little bit of a contract security. He's going to be a starter for a few years. Um, he, there's not much not to like with him other than the perceived belief that he is pr- bad, which is true to an extent, but he got a lot better this past year under Brian Dabble with the worst wide receiving core in the NFL. Yeah, no, no, you're 100% true. I think with Daniel Jones, he's interesting, right? Because you have one year with the system. He performed very well last season in, in respect to fantasy football. Um, and even in real life, right? They they made the playoffs, beat the Vikings. Um, my dog is barking right behind me, but that's what she does. Um so I would rather take Daniel Jones. Also, you have a super flex quarterback over a running back. I'm going to take that anytime. That's not much of a a difficulty for me. Yeah, exactly. It's like not even a slam on Tony Pollard. Like you could name any any running back in that in that value range, and I'd probably take Jones because it's just the positional value. I do like Pollard though. You you made me think about that one a little bit. I I think Pollard is valued too high. I think that's just a thing in general, but. Uh, well, if he's equivalent to Daniel Jones, then yeah, probably a little bit. Here's an interesting one for you. Um, both a 24-year-old running back and a 25-year-old wide receiver. It's both relatively young. I have running back J.K. Dobbins for Baltimore or Michael Pittman, uh, the wide receiver for Indy. Give me Pittman. I don't have much faith in Dobbins. You um, J.K. Oh. holdout Dobbins? J.K. holdout Dobbins. Yeah, I don't have much faith in him. I don't know what he's proven to us. 
he's had glimpses, but I don't know if the Ravens ever will trust him to be kind of a full-time back. They never really did in the past, and Lamar's going to be there for a while. Meanwhile, Pittman has really put up great market share numbers in bad passing offenses, and there's this upside here, right, that's super, super, like, exciting where there's a world where Anthony Richardson is really good and Michael Pittman is wide receiver one. And so all we need is for those market share numbers to be expanded uh, in terms of just the raw team volume and efficiency, and he's going to explode. So I have two more for you. Both of these are going to be comparing uh, quarterbacks to tight ends, actually. I'm so curious where you're going to be here. Uh, Kirk Cousins, the quarterback of Minnesota, or Dallas Goddard, the tight end at Philly? Man, I don't like Kirk, but I think you got to go Kirk there. I think just market value dictates him. Um, I don't know. Goddard is a very good player. Um, but what was he last year? Like tight end five, tight end six on an v- incredibly efficient offense led by Jalen Hurts. Uh, and he's still playing behind Devontae Smith, AJ Green, or AJ Brown. So you're kind of assuming all that stays constant. Where's the upside to keep going up, right? So like, I don't know if we ever see Goddard take this next step. Um, meanwhile, Kirk Cousins is who he is at this point, and that's a very good quarterback too. And while I think that's overvalued on the market, it's still what the market dictates. So I'll take that. I'll probably take that and move him for equivalent value, but I don't think equivalent value is Dallas Goddard. Uh, would equivalent value for you be like, what about Jordan Addison? Yeah, that's closer. Um, yeah, that's pretty close. I don't know. I feel like you could get Jordan Addison's equivalent to what? Like the 108 this year? Yeah. I feel like you could get the 106. Maybe that's me not fully being in touch with the market, but I feel like people like Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's definitely relatively safe, right? He's going to be in a good offense for another year. Uh, It's clear that he's had a market outside of Minnesota for the past few years that someone wants him, right? Um, I probably lean Kirk again. It's just the quarterback thing, uh, especially because he's younger. I know he's going to go somewhere else after Minnesota. Um, and that's why I wanted to bring up this next one, um, because I think in a, in a universe, right, we can go back to the multiverse in this one if you really want to, um, that if I told you that both of these guys that I'm going to bring up retire after this season, sure, you'd be a little bit like, huh, but, like, you wouldn't have too much thought after that, right? And that's why I want to bring this up. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Jets, now the Jets, and George Kittle, the tight end for San Francisco. Ooh. I think that's I'm the gonna, closest one. That's very close. I'm going to kind of talk through my process here. I think there's a world, I think there's a realistic world where Aaron Rodgers is a top six quarterback this year. He's done his whole career, and then he didn't last year. Um, and I think there's a world where he regresses back to what he's done his whole life. And that's be an incredible quarterback with a little bit of rushing upside where he's very good around the goal line in terms of scrambling out of the backfield. Now, I don't know, maybe the move to New York rejuvenates his career. He's got Garrett Wilson, which is super exciting. He's got a couple, a couple of his pals he brought over uh, from Green Bay, but a couple guys who are already here, Corey Davis. They've got good tools there, right? So I think he's in for a good year. George Kittle, on the other hand, is like 
he's such a weird asset. He got old quickly because he came out uh, came out pretty old. Um, and it's like, it, yeah, exactly. And like eighty percent of weeks, you're like, what, what? Like at least for me, when I roster George Kittle, it's like eighty percent of weeks. I'm like, like, it, does George Kittle exist? And then the other 20% of weeks, he wins you your week, which is something that's super rare for a tight end. Um, I think Kittle would surprise me a lot more than Rodgers if he retired after this year. I think because of that, I will take Kittle. I think he's one of those guys who's going to be a top six tight end every season that he plays for a while still and has tight end one upside if, I don't know, Brock Purdy seems like he likes throwing it to George Kittle. Maybe Brendan Ayuk gets traded. Maybe the stars align. Um, yeah, give me Kittle. But it is very close. I think I, I go Kittle just for maybe a little bit of longevity. But I think if in a realistic world, right, George Kittle gets hurt again this season, and he just said, fuck it, I'm done. Right? Like, Yeah. I wouldn't blame him. I would not blame him when I owed it, right, to, to just say that. I do think that Aaron Rodgers, especially in – redraft i think he's going to absolutely smash i think aaron Rodgers is going to be so good this year um the, he basically has the entire range of the offense no one's going to hold him back i'm um, not even not even his own receiving core and he's got nathaniel hackett back too who bad head coach yeah. but was very good a very good offensive coordinator for him so you're with me top six season out of aaron Rodgers. um i'd be closer to say top eight but yeah that's not too far behind what is Top six, top eight, there can be half a point right. separated, right? In points per game. So no, I think he's gonna have a really, really good season. Um, provided that we you know, the caveat with everyone, right? That is receiving core and Brees Hall stay stays healthy. Can I give you one back real quick? Yeah. Uh Garrett Wilson or C D Lamb. I actually drafted them back to back in a league. I had back to back picks. Um I think I go CD Lamb right now. Um, I I I don't know why, but I think Garrett Wilson um, needs to be in that wide receiver three, wide receiver four territory. Yeah, I think if anyone after this year is in the same tier as Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, I think it's Garrett Wilson before CD Lamb. Um, but there's yeah. a little bit more risk. But like, if Aaron Rodgers has a top six season. Garrett Wilson is going to be a wide receiver one, and Garrett Wilson is 22. So I think that if, if Aaron Rodgers has a top six season, he's playing another year. Yeah, that, that's a great point. So I think you, you know, if he kind of falters, then you could, then you could see him kind of, you know, retiring. But I'm assuming two years out of Rodgers in, in New York, which makes it easier to trade for him. If you believe that he has two years left, I think it makes it a little bit easier to swallow that pill of like, you know, a, a, or a quarterback you're potentially having to give up like a late first for. Yeah, I haven't checked market values in a bit. Um, so tell me if I'm off base here, but I'd rather tr- have Aaron Rodgers than Kirk Cousins. And I think Aaron Rodgers is cheaper. Um that might not be the case anymore. That may have been the case when his future was unknown. But I would yeah, love yeah, to have him. Faltered. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is my favorite cheaper quarterback, too. If you're not going to go out and get a 
um, like a stud, a second QB one is your QB two. I think Aaron Rodgers is one of my favorite targets as a kind of holdover in the meantime. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely with you. Um, especially if you're able to kind of move, you know, whether that's a, a, a trail on Burks or something like that for like an Aaron Rodgers piece. I'm totally fine doing that if you don't believe in trail on Burks like I do. Even though he seems to be the most hyped receiver ever this offseason. I'm with you. I think I think that's good value. Have you run into a lot where everyone seems to be hyping up Traylon Burks as like the absolute next AJ Brown? And I just don't personally get it, but hey, teach their own. Yeah, those are pretty lofty heights. Um, I like Traylon Burks. I think his value is fine, but I think you got to keep that offense is going to be so bad. And I like those guys there, but it's literally just Burks and Tannehill and and the running game. But like that passing offense is going to be tough. It's going to be putrid. Like I think they can. I think they try to control the clock as much as they can. Um, hope that they can run the ball a lot, and uh, just go from there, and hope to win a few football games. But uh, Shane's not here, so he has nothing to teach us. Um, we are dum dums today, and I apologize for that. Um, but let's uh, dive into our buys and sells here. Um, I'm going to go first here because I want to talk about a guy that you know. Let, let's think next year when all these 2024 guys have entered the NFL draft and, and we're looking at, you know, who's going to be the next few guys in this class or in the 25 class that are kind of top of that, uh, that uh, Debbie draft. Branson Robinson is going to be one of those guys that you're like, oh, he's a top five guy right now. Yep. And you could just get him now. And yeah, you're going to, pay quite a bit for him because it's probably on a team of some believer and that's great um but you also have to realize the value gain that's going to happen this season at georgia um he's going to be be basically this top anywhere from top what four or five to top eight devy asset next year and everyone's going to be excited for him to come into the nfl especially when he's the lead back at georgia so he's my buy right now um, my cell right now is um, is Dante Moore. Now, he's coming in, especially in C2C leagues, as kind of almost a top guy over Arch. Um, and sure, you want the fantasy points this year, but like, I think he still scares me for Debbie because you need him to gain value. And right, there's a good chance that he could start for UCLA this year. But is him starting for UCLA actually going to be enough to truly gain value over where people are already drafting him in Debbie, which is like a late second round pick? I don't know. I, I think it's going to be really, really difficult for him to not only return value, but also continue to uh, increase in value in an offense um, that isn't going to be seen by many people, especially when you think about the Pac-12. Um. My unknown stock right now is, uh, I always want to talk about Luther Burden, but I talked about him either last week or the week before. My unknown stock is Trey Benson, the running back of Florida State. Now, everyone has him pegged as kind of the next darling uh, running back in the 2024 class. 
Um, you know, does he have the chance to get there? Sure. Does Shane have him ranked as 25th overall player? He certainly does. Um, he definitely could get there, but at the same time, um, you know, does he have enough tools that separate him from the other wide receivers in the 20 or excuse me, running backs in the 24 class, whether that's Raheem Sanders or, or Trevion Henderson or Braylon Allen, Donovan Edwards, uh, Will Shipley. Like there's a lot of other guys of the running backs in this 24 class. So um, my unknown is for him because where does he end up going? Where does he slot in? Like, I, I think that gets difficult. And in, in the idea that Florida state falters this year and maybe isn't as good as we think they're going to be. Um, I don't think that's going to be great news for Trey Benson. So he's currently my unknown stock. Yeah, there's been a lot of momentum for him lately. And it's one of those things where that can kind of snowball further than it should. I think that's fair, but he is super exciting. And I do think Florida state's going to be good. Um, real quick, thanks for bearing with us tonight. I guess I don't know if I part of the reason why I missed last week was I got a puppy last weekend and she is not happy that I'm focusing on football more than her right now. And I've got a sore throat. Who says podcasting is easy? Yeah, um, <laughs> this is a contact sport, folks. But uh, all right, I will be buying uh, Iowa running back Caleb Johnson, uh, who is up to 220 plus pounds. This offseason after being, I think it was 210 last year as a true freshman. Um, now, I was terrible offensively last year, like historically bad. And he was their lone bright spot. He had a 200-yard game against Purdue, so he passed the Debbie Marketplace Purdue test. Um, and he had a couple other 100-yard games. He was really the only good thing they had going for him. Um, if that offense improves at all, it'll be on the back of him. He's, he's a true sophomore now, caught a few passes last year. I think he's got some decent upside, right? Running in the Big Ten, which is about to become an even better conference um, for a, a, an Iowa team that's always good despite the offense. So um, I think he's someone who I've actually been trying to buy this offseason, and I'm going to uh, ramp up those efforts soon. Uh, I'm selling Travis Hunter. I don't think there's any possibility that he – like is relevant for fantasy football in the future, right? Like I, he's super talented, but I mean, what's the best case scenario outcome that's realistic? Like, is there a world where he switches to wide receivers as main position? I don't think so. I think best case scenario, he plays uh, both sides of the ball, but cornerback is always going to be the priority. Right. And so I think he's going to be a, a not on the field all the time sort of guy on offense and, I don't think you want that for fantasy. That's not relevant. So I'm not spending any picks on him in any capacity, despite the talent, because I just don't see an outcome where, where he's ever relevant for your, for your NFL team, uh, fantasy team. Um, my unknown is, um, Oh, I think I did him recently. Uh, quick pivot, quick pivot. I was going to do CJ Donaldson. I think I talked about CJ Donaldson already. Um, I don't know if he's actually good at football despite being productive, but I will quick pivot to Jaquindon Jackson running back at Utah. I think he's super enticing. I think he's, there's a ton of upside. He was a former pretty high uh, quarterback recruit to Texas and uh, transferred to Utah, switched to running back and seems like he's going to be the lead dog there. And that that's a really enticing role. Um, 
I think this is more of a buy than an unknown. I just don't know how high he can get, right? Like, does he actually have that lead role there? Is that kind of just something that we're hoping he gets? Uh, but there's a ton of athletic upside. He's got the size. He's think Roshan Johnson, but more athletic in a starting role. Like it's, it's, it's pretty exciting there. Um, I think he's in his third or fourth year. So he's draft eligible this year. I think he's probably someone who probably plays two more years in college, but I think there's day two upside there. For sure. Yeah. Um, that is it for us here at the Debbie Marketplace. Just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. We appreciate every single one of you.